Alright, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Welcome to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. It is June 6th, Sunday. Happy Sunday to everybody. I hope you're enjoying whatever warm weather you have and sunshine. And the fact that summer is around it's the here. corner. Yeah, Almost. I mean, officially it's not here yeah. yet, but it's here. Yeah. Uh, I'm your co-host, Mary Sports. And I am Hannah Green. Yeah. Andrew's on vacation, as you all know, so she is stepping in to fill his shoes. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. They're big shoes to fill. Thanks for being here, Hannah. I think I have better taste in shoes than he does, just so you know. Uh, but I don't think he would wear my shoes. No, and I, he would if you offered it to him. Yeah, he, he would. Not on a regular basis. But I think women have a better selection out there of nice shoes. And we do. Men's shoes get shoes. ridiculous. Yeah. When you go unusual for men, I think it's just kind of stupid looking. Yes. So entirely. Thanks everybody who's joining us. We appreciate your time. Appreciate your being here. We appreciate you. What's going on in your life today, Mary? Not a whole lot. Nothing. Not a whole lot. lot. No, not a whole lot. Oh my goodness. I don't always have stuff going on in my life. Sure you do. No. Yeah. I don't. I really don't. I hope that everybody had a really nice Memorial Day last Sunday. I know. Monday? Monday. 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 It was Monday. It was Monday. I work for a living, which means I can't remember right. anything. So everybody hopefully had a short work week this last week. Four days, hopefully. That's awesome. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I nice. like that kind of stuff. Nice. We hope that you were safe and had lovely weather and were able to spend some quality time with the people that you love. Oh, God, yeah. Yes, very much so. And we want everybody to come back. Safe and sound. We like that. Yeah. So do you want to talk about what's going on in our in our other podcast? Yes. Right. Yes. Um, For listeners who don't know, although if they don't know, I don't know where they've been, Mary and I co-host another podcast. <gasps> we do? Oh, surprise! That's what you usually say to me. I know. Say. I know. It's called Murder, Mischief, and Moscato. It is a true crime mischief, paranormal, things that go bump in the night type of... We cover a lot of different things. And yeah. Sometimes it's dark. Sometimes it's really fun. Um, so next Wednesday, three days from now, we have coming up, Crucifixion is not the answer. It's a tr do not try this at home, kids. Um, it is a story about Margarita Peter. She is a female minister. She is a very... I will say extremely unorthodox way of fighting, fighting the demons. Fighting the demons. Yes. yes. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, download Crucifixion is Not the Answer from Murder, Mischief, and Moscato. And feel free to, you know, let us know how you feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. If you are looking for something a little more lighthearted, our last couple of episodes before that were were pretty humorous lighthearted. Yeah. i mean as far as true crime and yeah. paranormal goes lighthearted and funny yeah we do try to make it a little bit more but yeah um anybody who is listening who has their own podcast feel free to hit us up for some cross advertising advertising if you feel like it we'd love to put your podcast out there yes. and let our listeners know have you share ours well, 
part of it is there's so many podcasts out there, and it doesn't matter what genre you listen to. There's so much out there. There you is. You can possibly never be exposed to everything. Um, and this also gives you an eye, because we both listen to other podcasts. Um, it gives you and I the opportunity to listen to and try things that we might not have found. Absolutely. And I am always appreciative of podcasts that I find something about them that is so amazing that I just need to share it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. If you want to cross-advertise, hit us up. Absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Heck yeah. All right. Do you have any interesting tidbits for us? You want to? Oh, we need to do National Days, don't we? I'm trying National to skip ahead. National Days. National Days. I know. Um. So, June sixth is National Yo-Yo Day. Did you have a yo-yo as a kid? I did. I'm terrible at them. Honestly, I was too. I'm just I'm not good at it. Although people that are really amazing with them, I fully admire. Our sister Kate was really good with them. Yes. Oh my God. She, she actually really gave my good. kids their first yo-yos. Yeah, yeah. She was super good with them. Um, yes. So every year on June sixth, we recognize National Yo-Yo Day. The day celebrates the iconic string toy that generations have enjoyed. Um, the yo-yo, for those of anyone who is not aware, is an object consisting of an axle consist- connected to two discs and a length of string, which is looped around the axle. It is played by holding the free end of the string, allowing gravity or the force of a throw to spin the yo-yo and unwind the string. Which really, when I read it that way, sounds kind of boring. But watching someone who knows what they're doing on it is amazing. Because when you do it right, not only does the yo-yo come back up to you and you can keep doing that where it goes down and up and down and up. If you're really good with it, they can do tricks. Yes, um, and the only trick that I know of off the top of my head, the name of, is called walking the dog. If you had to guess how old the yo-yo was, how, how what would your guess be? I would say 1800s. I would not have known where to start. I would have simply guessed 1800s, early 1800s, because the yo-yo is a simple toy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, toys were even homemade. And the yo-yo is, in fact, a fairly simple toy that I can see. It is see, very simple, yeah. That I can see having started, you know, as a homemade toy. Okay. Fair enough. It is believed that the first yo-yo was invented in ancient Greece. Oh, wow. There is an, a Greek vase painting from 500 B.C. Holy cow. That depicts a boy playing with a yo-yo. That is Awesome. I know. Completely amazing, and I would never have guessed that. Um, the yo-yo actually came to the United States through a young boy by the name of Pedro Flores. He immigrated to the U.S. from the Philippines as a young boy. He brought it with him. They called it a bandalore. Oh. The Philippines called it a bandalore. Um, it was this toy that inspired Flores to create a business, and he called the toy the Flores Yo-Yo. Between 1928 and 1932, the Yo-Yo Manufacturing Company operated in Santa Barbara, California, and Pedro later sold his company to Donald F. Duncan. Oh. Yes. And most people... Recognize Duncan as the Yo-Yo Yes. Name. Yes, exactly. In fact, I'm fairly certain that the Yo-Yos Katie had and that she gave to my children yes. were Duncans. So he actually traded, trademarked the, the name Yo-Yo in 1932. In 1999, the Duncan was 
the Duncan Yo-Yo was actually inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. I would actually like to go there someday. The National Yo-Yo Museum is actually located in Chico, California. Interesting. Uh, there's a term yo-yoing, which is often used to describe a person who fluctuates between two difficult decisions. And there are actually yo-yo collectors who will spend hundreds of dollars on rare, vintage, and retro yo-yos. That part doesn't really surprise me. Really. It doesn't surprise me either. So, I mean, that's just some real cute, quick facts yeah. about yo -yo. the yo-yo. National Yo-Yo nice. Day. Everybody enjoy it. So... <clears throat> National Bubbly Day. Ooh, we like our bubbly. Or are you talking bubble baths? No, no bubbly. Oh, I like those too. Also known as sparkling wine. Okay, we like that. Definitely are. A lot of people, when you say bubbly, instantly think champagne. Yeah. But the term bubbly actually uh, covers any type of sparkling wine. Okay. Prosecco, Asti Spumanti. Oh, I love some Asti. I know. Yep. <clears throat> so the fact that... A lot of people know, but not everyone, is that in order to be considered labeled, actually labeled champagne, it must be made in the Champagne region of France and can only be made with certain kinds of grapes and with a very specific method. I knew that part. Yep. Yep. So there's all kinds of different options out there. Hopefully all of our listeners have the opportunity to enjoy a glass. If they like it. Well, you know, that's the thing is when people tell me they don't like champagne, I always tell them it doesn't necessarily have to be champagne, but there are a lot of different varieties and options out there. Yeah. So just because you don't like one doesn't mean you won't like a different one. Right. But some people just don't like wine products. Some, yeah, some people don't. You're correct. So while we are talking about National Bubbly Day, I thought I'd share a few champagne facts. Champagne facts? Champagne facts. Okay. I'll drink champagne while you, or I'll drink bubbly while you share your facts. All right. In the average 750 milliliter bottle of champagne, okay. there are 49 million bubbles. Sweet. We are into the trillions and trillions and trillions now. In a standard sized glass, 30 bubbles are emitted every second. I believe it. I'm watching them. I am. I'm watching them bubble up. I know. It's great. So, one thing I heard, and I can believe it, is that if your glass is dirty, it bubbles more. I don't know if that is actually factual with champagne because of the amount of bubbles. Right. But I, I have also heard that as well. The pressure in a bottle of champagne is actually about three times the amount of pressure you would find in, you want to guess? I have no idea. A car tire. That's a lot. The high pressure inside a bottle of champagne means you are more likely to die from a champagne-related incident than from a poisonous spider bite. In yeah, fact, we're more likely than others because we drink a lot. <laughs> in fact, nearly one-third of all champagne-related deaths occur. Where do you think they occur? At home. You would be incorrect. Nearly one-third of all champagne-related deaths occur at weddings. Oh, my. A champagne cork, when popped, can reach 24.8 miles per hour. I knew they moved fast. And one last fact. The most expensive bottle cost $2.07 million. 
That is insane. It was designed by Alexander Amosu and Swarovski. Crafted from 18 karat solid gold with a deep cut 19 karat white diamond at its center. I'm sorry, I drink my champagne plain. Thank you very much. What this means is that really it was the bottle that caused the hefty price tag. However, only a few were ever made, which makes it a rare and valuable collector's edition. Wow. Okay. Here's another little fact. Okay. Okay. So we know that champagne has bubbles. Yes. Champagne bubbles are made of carbon dioxide. Yes. In a wine glass, carbon dioxide bubbles form at what are called nucleation sites. Okay. Or tiny scratches or imperfections in your glass. Oh, okay. So if we went to the dollar store, we'd probably have a lot more bubbles. (laughs) Haha. Yeah. The other interesting little thing, and I don't fully understand how the science behind this works, but the first glass out of the bottle of champagne not only contains the most bubbles, but will make you drunk the fastest. However, each glass after that is actually more potent because there are less bubbles in it. Oh. Um, so the little article I have says that some makers of sparkling wine glasses actually put those imperfections in there on purpose. Oh, yeah, sneaky. But yes, dust will act as a nucleation site also. Interesting. I know. So, so National National Bubbly Day. Enjoy in your case, bubbly, guys. In case our listeners haven't picked up on it, we're drinking bubbly. We are drinking bubbly. And our bubbly has... It's infused with lavender and fresh mint. Yes. It is really nice because it's just... It's a hit. Just like... Just smoothly subtle. infused in yes. there. Yeah, it's delicious. Yes. Very cool. You have a tidbit for us? I do. You know I always have a couple little tidbits. Yeah, I have one. You know I do. Okay. So when you you tell a couple of yours, All I'll right. tell mine. Here's, I'm going to start with this one. Okay. Francesca Wickoff of Maricopa, Arizona. I'm familiar with the area. Oh, you're not familiar with Mar- Francesca? No. I thought maybe you knew her. Uh, I may have met her. Okay. Found that her tire on her pickup truck had been slashed while it was parked in her driveway. This is a really funny story. I was going to say that's very unkind. It's a very funny story. Doesn't sound funny yet. She called the police and she then pretty much spent the entire day laughing about the whole incident. Okay. Which I, if I found my tire slashed, would not find amusing. Um, Mary, we once got out of the river to find three of my four tires slashed. Which is fun. It was not fun. It was a bad day. Uh, so, Francesca and one of her neighbors, Kevin Johnson, had been feuding recently, and apparently she found that kind of funny, too. Is she high? Nope. A lot of bubbly? Oh, maybe it was the evidence that Kevin left in her driveway. Oh, God. What did he leave? In her driveway. What On did, her driveway. What did he... Police followed the blood trail to Kevin's home where they found him. Not there. They did find him at the hospital having his hand stitched up. After he had severed his own finger while slashing her tire. Oh, my God. He left his finger in her driveway. Which, if Francesca gave it back, gives a whole new meaning to giving him the finger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. Yeah. Another? I got, oh, yeah, I have three of them all together. Okay. I'll do one, then you do one, and then I'll do the last one. Because my last one's about chickens. Oh, you know how we love our chickens on this show. Okay. We love our chickens. All right. So you've got three. I've got one. So you do one more, and then I'll do mine. April 12th, 2021. So last month. Yes. Well, a little over a month ago. 
A truck overturned on a Georgia highway spilling 40,000 pounds of Bud Light beer. This blood's for you. There you go. One person was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Well-wishers mourned the loss of all the beer. They called it a party foul. <laughs> Others sent offers to help with the cleanup. Alcohol abuse. Headline, headline of the week. You know it's not good beer when they measure the loss by the weight, not the value. Oof. <laughs> wow. Wow. Where's yeah. your husband with his red cans while we're doing this? <laughs> sleeping. You know he's sleeping. I know he is. I know. Wow. Yep. All right. This one, I'm just going to call it social media can cost you. Okay. We all know that we should be very careful about what we put out there on the internet. Yes. Especially on social media. Yes. The things that we post are forever, even if you think you've deleted it. Just ask the many politicians and celebrities who have destroyed their reputations and sometimes even their lives with misguided or ill-thought-out posts and photos. Okay. But what if your seemingly innocent post with a picture of a block of cheese sent you to prison? I think maybe I know one of those people. (laughs) (sighs) Carl Stewart of Liverpool, England, found out the hard way that even innocent posts can have deep repercussions. Carl thought that he was smart. He didn't post his innocent cheese photo on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram or Snapchat. Instead, Carl posted a picture of his hand holding a block of mature blue Stilton, which is a type of blue cheese. Okay. On a social media account called EncroChat. EncroChat is a social media app that is supposed to be encrypted to protect its users. So they're posting things that maybe shouldn't be out there? Possibly, What was Carl doing with this cheese? Unfortunately for Carl, EncroChat's security had been compromised by authorities last month, which made the site a lot less than secure. Hey, I'm not feeling too sorry for these fellows. A lot of the users of this particular program are wanted or suspected in the supply and distribution of drugs and weapons, money laundering, and a whole slew of other criminal activity. Okay. They all felt pretty safe using EncroChat because it was supposed to be a secure encrypted program that would protect their identities. So far, because of the authorities compromising it, about 60,000 users have been identified on the program worldwide, with more than 10,000 of those users being in the UK. Okay, what did Carl do? Carl was one of those unlucky users. How was Carl identified, you ask? The cheese gave him up. Carl was identified. That cheese, that block of cheese called the authorities and gave him up. No. Dude, dude, he, he missed, he made, he cheese handled me. <laughs> cheese, Jesus. Jesus, you won't believe he was touching me all over. It was not appropriate. <laughs> so Carl was actually identified through the fingerprints and palm print that were clearly visible in the picture of his hand holding the block of cheese. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. Carl was arrested in connection with drug charges. All because of a block of cheese. He was charged with conspiracy to supply cocaine, heroin, MDMA, also known as Molly for those of our listeners who don't know. I did not know. And ketamine. Carl did end up pleading guilty and he was sentenced to 13 and a half years in prison. This is why I don't do food selfies. The lesson, no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how safe you think you are, The internet 
is a dangerous place where you can run, but you cannot hide. Oh, Jesus. No, you cannot. You absolutely cannot. All right. You know we love our chickens on this show? Yes. Between chickens and soft squash, we're just animal lovers. Good, because my, my thing today is about animals. Okay. Um, if you have a chicken coop, there's plenty of fun and very unique products out there to make you and your chickens' lives a little bit more enjoyable. You can get a mini picnic table for your chickens. You can buy tutu dresses for your chickens. You can get a chicken harness. You can take your chickens for a walk. Yes. You can buy a swing set for your chickens. Okay. Uh, I once did a story on red contacts for your chickens. Yes. Yes, I did. Now you can get your chickens a set of arms. These arms really serve no purpose other than to look absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. You can choose between jacked up muscular arms for your chicken or just regular baby doll arms. The arms for the chickens are simply made out of baby doll arms and some wires that connect them and the wire is curved so that you can simply wrap it around the back of your chicken and easily give them arms. They're a perfect way to get hilarious pictures of your chickens looking like some half-human, half-chicken hybrid. You can buy them online for about $35 a pair. I saw them as cheap as $9. I saw baby doll arms, T-Rex arms, Hulk arms, chainsaw arms. I saw almost every color of chicken arms. My question is, what will they think of next? And I literally wrote after that, this is not a fucking challenge. I personally think that they should start putting unicorn horns on chickens. Have at it. I no longer have any chickens, so we're good. Have at it. But yeah. yes, yes, I uh, I actually had seen that. I thought it was hilarious. Yes, chicken arms. You can buy chicken arms. Chicken arms. Yeah, I did a story on um, red contacts for your chickens. Who's going to try to put contacts in their chicken? They they literally cost like 15 cents a pair. They um, are supposed to make your chickens lay more eggs. Why? So that farmers can get more product. No, no, out no, of their no. Chickens. Like, why would the contacts make your chicken? It, it was a whole thing. There was a whole thing oh my God. behind that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Apparently, you didn't listen to that episode. I, there are episodes I haven't listened to yet because I have so many podcasts that I listen to. All right. And limited amount of time. I have a short little thing about some animals. Okay. All right? And I thought I would share these with our listeners. Okay. Animal heroes. We've okay. all heard the stories. Yes. Go all the way back to Lassie or the St. Bernards who went and rescued people with barrels of whiskey. So here are a few that I thought merited sharing. Okay. A dolphin named Tuffy was trained by the U.S. Navy. Tuffy carried mail and tools to military personnel 200 feet underwater, and she guided lost divers to safety. That is freaking awesome. Isn't that amazing? That is awesome. Glowworms. Now, glowworms seem like an unlikely hero. Yes, they do. But then, let's be honest, most heroes are the unlikely ones. Okay. Glowworms have a bioluminescent element that causes them to glow. In World War I, the soldiers in the trenches would collect the worms in jars and use them to read maps, intelligence reports, and letters after dark so that they didn't have to make a fire or use a light that would give their location away. Right. The worms gave off enough light for the soldiers to do what they needed and protected their position. Cool. Good point. African giant pouched rats. Rats are actually highly intelligent creatures, and they have saved thousands of lives. They are trained and used to detect landmines. Wow. Yeah. They sniff them out and then they scratch at the surface to alert their handlers to the location of a mine so it can be disarmed. Holy shit. I wouldn't have thought of that. 
Beyond their incredible intelligence, these rats are perfect for the task because they're light on their feet, they're nimble, and they can cover large amounts of territory all at once, like in a, in a stretch. Three lions. Three lions saved a 12-year-old Ethiopian girl who was abducted and beaten by some men who had thought to force her into marriage. The lions actually chased the men off and then were found guarding the girl when the police arrived. Oh my God. And after the police arrived, the lions simply got up and headed back off into the wild all on their own. Holy shit. That's pretty fucking amazing. That is amazing. Luke. Luke is a pot-bellied pig. Oh, uh, that's not the Luke I was thinking of. He actually saved the life of owner Joanne. In 1998, Joanne had a heart attack. Oh, sorry. Let's, let's just go back here. Her name is not Luke because apparently I can't read. Her name is Lulu. Lulu the pot-bellied pig, not Luke. Johanna's having problems with her letters today. Hang on, I think I need to have a sip. Johanna's having a real problem with her letters today. Mm. Lulu. I'm leaving it in. That's fine. Lulu. So Joanne had a heart attack in 1998. Okay. Lulu headed outside to the road where she lay down in the middle of the road and played dead. And when a man stopped, because there is a large pig. pig. They're not little. Yeah, They're exactly. not little. So when this man stopped because there's a pig in the road, Lulu hopped up and led the man to Joanne. The man called 911, help arrived, took Joanne to the hospital where she received treatment that saved her life. That's awesome. You sure she's not a transgender pig? Lulu? And Luke? <laughs> she split personalities. Okay. Robert Briggs was hiking in the California wilderness when he spotted a group of black bears. He was wise to the ways of black bears. He kept his distance. You leave him alone. And he was admiring them from afar. Oh, yep. He did not approach them. Absolutely. He was suddenly attacked, but not by the bears. He was attacked by a mountain lion. The mountain lion launched itself at Robert, and Robert was sure that he was not going to survive this. Um, I don't know how many people actually do survive mountain lion attacks. That's a horrific thing. Well, Robert survived. Because without any warning, one of the black bears charged, grabbed the mountain lion by the throat. The mountain lion ran off, leaving Robert lying on the ground. The black bear simply lowered itself back down on all fours, made eye contact with Robert, and walked away. He's like, dude, my work here is done. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Last one here. We've all heard of therapy dogs. Yes. We have heard about the stories of the amazing results that they can bring to patients who are struggling with everything from cancer to Alzheimer's to PTSD. One hospice, though, has a different take on therapy dogs. They use llamas. Oh, my. The llamas are used with the hospice patients, bringing a sense of calm and relief to those in hospice care. The patients who are facing terminal illness get to cuddle, pet, and enjoy some laughter and smiles with these incredibly gentle creatures. That's awesome. And I thought that was amazing and that the world needed to know. Some feel-good stuff. I just thought those were kind of they fun are. and interesting stories. They and they're so, not about typical animals that you would expect them out of. No, they're not. So when you come across a creature, big or small, never underestimate the impact that it can have on your life. If you've had that experience with one. Oh, my gosh. Shoot us the story. Yes, Tell us absolutely. about it. Yeah. We would all love to hear about it. All right. Well, I told you I was writing this the other day. It's called Monopoly and Hell. 
Some people would say that playing Monopoly is hell. Yes, they would. So we are all acquainted with the self-appointed moralists. You know the one. I'm right. You are wrong. Oh, yeah. My beliefs are the only ones that count. Your beliefs are sending you straight to hell. (laughs) If you're not living the ideals with the morals that I have in Spout, you are doomed forever in eternal damnation. That's cool. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I'll be in good company. You know. I do. Self-righteous, sanctimonious, holier-than-thou attitudes, smug, moral superiority. We all know someone who fits this description. Absolutely. Self-righteous people who are intolerant of others' beliefs and actions because theirs are actually the only ones that truly count. And the word hypocrite is often attached to the description of said self-righteous person. But I'm not here to teach you about being a self-righteous hypocrite or a self-appointed moralist. I'm pretty sure those people don't play Monopoly. I'm here to give you an alternative on how to deal with one. Oh. When they cross your path. Okay. And they will. Oh, yes, they will. It's like, it is like they are everywhere and you cannot get away from them. Sometimes just thinking about them seems to encourage them to come out from their teeny tiny moralistic closets. Put on their religious, I can save you from yourself, Teflon Teflon suits. And magically have all the answers of the universe on why your life is wrong and what you need to do to fix it. Their staff of righteousness is ready and able to point you in the correct direction. And they will instruct you on how to get there. (laughs) Yeah, they will. (laughs) Unfortunately, some of these oh-so-moral people are severely lacking in morals themselves. But I digress. This isn't a story about other people. Mary, did you write a story about me? It's a story about you, my listener. Oh, And the life you are living, the life that no matter what, it doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter how good or evil you are, you're not going to exit out of it alive. Now you tell me. Nope. Sorry to break it to you so harshly, but you're actually... Listen, I, I heard this one guy on TV or maybe the internet who said that if I just sell all my possessions and send him all of my money... That I won't die because there's a comet coming and I can go live on it with him. Have another drink. I think it might be a cult. Yes. So, if I sound harsh, I'm really sorry. But you are actually no more special than anyone else. Because nobody gets out of this game alive. Nobody. Monopoly, however, is a different matter. Yes. I'm not aware of anyone dying while playing that game. Whether you win or lose or call it a draw after three days of playing... The statistics are in your favor of leaving the game while you're still breathing, walking, and talking. They've never played with our family. Although, I have three stories that say a little differently. Oh, good. Yes. In 1987 in Los Angeles, violence flared among several people who were playing Monopoly for money, leaving a young man dead of gunshot wounds and an elderly man under arrest on suspicion of murder. Oh, my God. Police said the 26-year-old victim was shot to death after he tried to borrow money from another player who had been involved in the game. In 1991, Salt Lake City police had a very small incident on their hand when a married couple told them that they beat Gerald B. Thomas to death with a claw hammer after fighting with him over a game of Monopoly. What the hell is wrong with these people? In 2009, a 25-year-old man was stabbed to death in France over whether or not they should use real money or Monopoly money to play poker with. I don't think this example really fits our statistics, so we're just going to leave the last one out. So, two. Two deaths. In all the years Monopoly's been out, two deaths. At least two deaths that have been admitted. 
As of 2018, there were over 250 million sets of Monopoly sold, and with only two deaths, your chances of survival are extremely high. Probably not going to die while you're playing Monopoly. Probably not. And while we're speaking of Monopoly, the fuck is with the going to jail for no reason thing? Happens every day. Your probability of joining Jack the Jailbird in his cell is actually less than a half a percent. But it happens all the freaking time, and always at the worst opportunity. It's 0.46%. So chances are that you're actually going to go to jail many times over and still make it out of the game kicking and screaming. You're still going to make it out of the live. For those of you who don't know, there are three ways to go to jail, and none of them actually have to do with breaking the law. You can roll three doubles in a row. You can get a go-to-jail card, or you can land on go-to-jail spot. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200, yada, yada, yada. Yes. There are three ways to get out of Monopoly jail. You think I'm digressing again? Yeah, a little. <laughs> okay. Can't seem to keep a straight line in my head today, so. I think you fell down There's just some crap that's coming out of my mouth. Oh, let me finish the Monopoly thing. Okay. Somehow, maybe I can tie this all together for you. Okay. I doubt it. <laughs> anyway. I'm just going to drink my bubbly while you. Okay. To get out of jail, you can roll doubles. You can flat out pay 50 bucks, or you can get a get out of jail free card. And I hate those people because I never fucking get those cards. Never. You and some to... people always have one. Like, they just pull it out of their pocket. They have extras. I don't even know. They just always it's have It's like one. real life. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I have an edition of Monopoly that I should bring over. It's called Cheater's Monopoly. You did. We played. I won. Lynn and I cheated. Like fucking hell. <laughs> I am a terrible, terrible cheater. As in, I don't cheat well. I get caught every stinking time. I, didn't I just am not a good cheater. I didn't enjoy that game because our game, our family takes things too seriously. Well, so, you and I don't. So, are you asking yourself yet what the hell is happening here? Yes. Or why isn't she sharing the hallucinogenetics? Or have I or am I not losing a portion of my life I can never get back with this conversation? I'm actually wondering if you drank before I got here. If you aren't asking yourself that question, I'm listening. If you aren't asking yourself any of those questions, that's not my problem. If you are, still not my problem. Oh my God. So, when the moralistic, self appointed guardian of the morals and values of right and wrong of the entire universe shows up in your life, shows up at your door, on your doorstep, what are you going to do? What should you do? Better yet, what can you do? Answer the door naked, they'll go away. Not necessarily. Since 1994, Brandy Cassingham has been writing an email newspaper news, yeah, that many people around the world subscribe to. You may not have heard of Randy personally, but you have probably come across his writings here or there. Occasionally, his readers will object to something that Randy has written. It happens to everyone that writes or speaks. We know that their opinion is not everyone's opinion, and instead of skimming over the article or just fucking ignoring it entirely, some readers or listener feels the need to enlighten the writer or speaker with their opinion and pointing out all the various reasons why they are right and you are wrong. Sometimes religion is brought into the conversation even if it wasn't the topic originally. We know these kind of people, and I'm not going to go over that whole goddamn thing again. If you can't remember it, hit rewind, start at the beginning of our conversation, listen to the whole thing again. So, Randy in the year 2000 writes a story about Feng Shui. Okay. The Chinese art of energy flow, which ultimately leads the user to harmony, health, and prosperity. The article basically boils it down to simplicity in arranging your environment for comfort. Feng Shui is not a religion. 
It's not a belief system. It's not even about right or freaking wrong. It's a practice. It's a way of using the energy around you to make your life feel better inside and out, which is to me pretty simple. Yeah, keep your life simple. I'm still not digressing and you're just going to have to trust me. I'm actually taking several ends of several different things and I'm actually tying them together. Trust me. They're getting tangled, Mary. Trust me. So Randy writes this article and his readers did not necessarily agree with him. Okay. Not everybody does. They're not supposed to. That is true. You're not supposed to listen to everything I say and agree with me. I like it when others have their own opinions. I actually like it when others give me another way to look at something. Doesn't mean I'm going to change my mind about the way I feel, but maybe I can understand something in a different perspective that I couldn't look at it before. I often use the phrase, and I love it when people use it back to me. I hadn't thought about it that way. Right. And that's, to me, that's what a difference of opinion should be. Give me another way to look at it. Might not change how I feel. Maybe we can meet in the middle. But I have learned something because we had a difference of opinion. Yeah. And we expressed it appropriately. Like adults? But, you know, instead, some listeners, readers, writers, whatever. Some readers. Readers. Because these are readers. Okay. he, He, at this point in time, only did a newsletter. Oh, okay. But some readers felt the need to inform him that he was very wrong. He shouldn't be preaching religion. He shouldn't be unpromoting Christianity. Yada, yada, yada. All right. I read the whole thing. It was like, where the hell are you even coming up with this shit? A few people even told him that he was going to hell for his writings. And I'm like, what the fuck? Really? Feng Shui? We're going to hell for writing about Feng Shui. Well, of course. Duh. Where have you been? Opinions are not actions. And my understanding is that actions are what sends you to hell if that's what you believe in. Right. Oh, yeah. Digressing again. So, back to the story. Yes. Randy writes a story. Randy's going to hell. Randy doesn't really give a shit. Okay. So, what does Randy do? Randy creates a get out of hell free card. (laughs) The front of the card says, last chance, get out of hell free. This card may be kept until needed or sold. There's actually a picture of Mr. Moneybags jumping over a flaming fire pit. The back says, this card is valid for all seven plus one deadly sins. Are you familiar with our seven deadly sins? Um, yes, although I don't know if I can actually list them all again. Sloth. Sloth, greed, yeah. Pride, wrath, lust, gluttony, envy. Yes. But there's a plus one on here. Okay. Stupidity. <laughs> Arrogance. So Randy now has an entire line of Get Out of Hell free products, and they're actually very quite, they, they're, they're really quite cute. He has water bottles, and he has magnets, and he has all kinds of stuff. Of course. And you can just get the cards if you want. So... When the moralistic self-appointed guardians of the morals and values of right and wrong of the entire universe show up in your life, at your job, on your doorstep, hand them a card. Thank them politely for their interest in your well-being. Let them know you have it covered. Let them know you don't have any worries. You got a freebie. Randy's original story that caused such an uproar and resulted in the Get Out of Hell free card was about the British Tomato Growers Association using a harmonious environment to grow tomatoes, trying to find out if it resulted in a larger crop yield. What? (laughs) Not about his story, because I've actually heard really awesome things about playing music for your plants. Yeah, talking to him. Yeah, like, seriously. I have too. Seriously. Yeah. So, no. How do you get, he's going to hell? He's preaching, he's uh, preaching unchristianity. I'm so bold. Okay. Oh, yeah. I read some Although, of the emails people sent him, and it was like, dude, 
Dude, I don't know what you read, but it was not the words he wrote. <laughs> well, and I work with the public sector, and I do work weekends, which means I work every Sunday. And Sunday does seem to be the worst day of it, but on a very regular basis, I deal with these exact kind of people. Yeah. So, yep, they're definitely out there. Yes. That was awesome. Monopoly and hell. Tied it all together. Oh, Mary. I freaking did. It's a good story. I wrote that story. Good, good story. job. Yeah. I laughed so hard when I was writing it, too. So, anyway, thanks to everybody who stopped by today. Yeah, absolutely. Spend some time with us. We hope you enjoyed the couple of little stories you got today. That was fun. Yeah, I thought so. I always think it's fun, though. It is. This is a fun podcast. I, There's almost nothing serious about it. It's all true. It's all real. But it's not meant to be serious. Right. And I love that. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Or at T-M-S-I-D-N-T-K at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. All of it under the initials of the show. If you have suggestions, ideas, comments, pictures of your chickens with arms. We'll even take pictures of your chickens. If you have a get out of hell free card that you want to send us, let us know. We'll give you an address. If you have it and want to keep it for yourself because you know that someday you're going to need it, just send us a pic. Yeah, we'd love Yeah, Take a pic of yourself holding up your get out of or hell free card. Or if you have a card in a story that is associated with it, that would be awesome. Yeah. If you know of an amazing animal, send us your story. Oh We'd my love gosh. To hear that. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, please feel free to follow the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Those ratings and reviews really make a difference in our yeah. lives. Feel free to share the podcast. You can share, you know, you find our posts. Feel free to share them. You know, put them out there for other people to listen to. Absolutely. Make your coworkers listen to us. Trap your captive audience in the car and make them listen to us. Whatever works best for you. Throw the blanket on the cover. Make your significant other listen to us. <laughs> if handcuffs are involved, we don't need to know. We don't need to know, but, you know, hey, you're, you're welcome to use them. You can find us literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are... Everywhere. We're everywhere. everywhere. It's amazing. You We're freaking cannot, everywhere. You can't get away from us. I We're did. everywhere. I know. We're like dog shit that sticks to the bottom of your shoe. I was actually thinking about... Um, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> I think it might have been Jeff Foxworthy that was doing... A, that did a little, a little piece about... We're going to miss Flipper. The president's on every channel. (laughs) That's us. We're the president. We're on every channel. Hell yeah, we are. This podcast is co-hosted by Mary Swartz and right now by myself while Andrew is enjoying some much needed time off. All editing is done by Mary. Our final thought until next time, Mary. I don't have a final thought. I'm not even sure I'm thinking anymore. We've had a lot of bubbly. You still got a full glass to go, girl. <laughs> I know. Till next guys. time. Bye-bye. Bye. Tiny bubbles and make me happy. Make Tiny bubbles 
Well 